Welcome to Awards Radar, the podcast, a weekly discussion of the awards races, Hollywood news, and the films you should have on your radar. Here's your host, Joey Magidson. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the first official Awards Radar podcast of 2020, episode, I believe, 68. So 68, dude. Save your jokes for next week, <laughs> or wait for us to make all of them, because we're children. But uh, yeah, this week we're talking new movies, which hypothetically will be being released this year. We'll see. Um, and uh, with me to talk about it, we have uh, Miles. I'm here. Did you mean to say the first podcast of 2022? Yes. What did I say? 2020. Oh, uh, I mean, we didn't do one. And I mean, did we do? Yeah, we did a couple in 2020. So never mind. I was like, oh, it could be. <laughs> Alas. <laughs> eh, whatever. Time is a flat circle. Uh, Amanda is back. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. It's five days in. No one cares anymore. <laughs> nah, it's cool. Um, and Steve is here, sort of. I'm kind of here. <clears throat> yeah. Excuse me. That's all we can ask. Um, so before we get into the uh, the movies, we have a couple of questions. And one will be a quick discussion point. But the first one is Ryan McDermott has a Filmaholic face-off using my 100 movies to look forward to in 2021 list. So this is something he does in there. Uh. Yes. Uh, so the first one up. And the funny part is they're usually closely bunched together. So the irony is uh, that they're very dissimilar. But, you know. So number 34, which was Annette. Or number 33, which was the French Dispatch. Uh, yeah, I thought Annette was kind of a mixed bag. Adam Driver's really good, but it's too long and it's just too unwieldy to properly recommend. Uh, the French Dispatch is in my top ten of the year. I thought it was absolutely delightful and uh, probably my second favorite Wes Anderson film. So that one. Cool. Amanda? I haven't seen The French Dispatch, but I appreciate that Annette gave us something unique. Yeah. Fair enough. Steve? I'll go, go French Dispatch. Wes Anderson is better than in film I didn't see, so. Anyway, it's a fair point. <laughs> it's a good argument. Fair point. Um, I'm going to go Annette ever so slightly. They're both two and a half star, like mixed bags. I guess I just I appreciate that Annette exists a little more than the French Dispatch, but I don't really have a desire to watch either again, if we're being honest. <laughs> Next up, we have number 31. Which was Free Guy. That worked out okay for me. Or number 30, which didn't, uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. Oh, I don't know. I think I'd definitely go Godzilla vs. Kong. Free Guy is good. It's fine. It's fun. Like, I had a good time with it. But I have not thought about it once since watching it. Godzilla vs. Kong is my favorite movie in the MonsterVerse, which isn't saying much because I didn't really like the first three. Kong was okay, but uh, this one is exactly what it's trying to be, and I thought was pretty satisfying. Fair. Amanda? I have to abstain, because I haven't seen either. Neither of them are really any film I want to see, so. Alrighty. Steve? Uh, I like both of them. I think Free Guy is just delightful, with there's just so much to take in. Maybe long-term, I think Godzilla vs. Kong may hold up better, uh, but you know, they are what they are. Grab some popcorn, sit down, have some fun. But Free Guy is my choice. Fair enough. Uh, I'm going Free Guy as well. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I, I liked Free Guy a lot. And Kong, I uh, – the monster stuff was good. 
I just still like I know the humans are not the point of it, but they're just so dumb it bothers me. <laughs> and there's no like even attempt to make them work. Like that's my that's my issue there. Like if they even gave like something for anyone to do that wasn't almost embarrassing, I think I might go Kong Godzilla Kong because I would love the movie then. But it, it, I don't know. I just was depressed every time I saw something that wasn't CGI in that movie. And that's not really my vibe. <laughs> uh, next up, number 25, A Quiet Place Part 2. Or number 23, Last Night in Soho. Yeah, I mean, like most people, I was looking forward to Last Night in Soho. And like at least half of people, I was bitterly disappointed. I think the first half is great. I think the second half goes way off the rails and it never really recovers. Um, Quiet Place Part 2 is a bit more of the same, but uh, it's still on the exact same level of quality. Um, Swapping in Killian Murphy for John Krasinski is definitely an upgrade, in my opinion. And um, it's it's more of the same. Nothing against John Krasinski. I'm just a big Killian Murphy fan. Um, But he doesn't... Krasinski does an amazing job directing. I think he's definitely, like, one of our most exciting current horror directors. So I kind of hope he stays that course. Fair enough. Amanda? Oh, I have to go last night in Soho. I'm not a horror movie fan, so this isn't even fair, really, for for me to be a part of. Good talk. Yeah. Steve? (laughs) Um... You know what? I'm going to surprise myself and go last night in Soho. While I enjoyed uh, Quiet Place 2, and I think it does a great job holding up, it is more of the same. Last night in Soho, even though that second half is flawed, um, I love the first half. And I think knowing the second half is flawed will make it an easier watch coming up, You know, because I do want to watch it again. So, uh, and, and there's a lot uh, stylistically uh, between the... The, uh, the the wardrobe, the hair, makeup, the music, the editing. There's a lot that's done right, um, and I think if people, when people revisit it, they're going to pick up on that. So I'm going last night. So fair enough. Uh, I'm going Quiet Place. I, I like the second one nearly as much as the first one. Maybe better in some ways. Either I was very impressed by it. Last night in Soho. I like the first third. I don't like the second. The middle portion, and I hate the third act. Like, not a completely original take, but yeah, as, as sort of Miles said, like, it really falls apart. Um, including, you know, a scene we don't need to rehash, but like, rightly a scene that's like problematic. Um, it's just, I just felt like Edgar Wright should be doing better with this material. Like, someone who loves film as much as he does and has such a knowledge of it, like, this is what he wanted to do. And like, sure, if that's what he wanted to do, great. But, I just, it felt like half-assed in a way that I know is not what he does. So that was kind of a shame. But my take, at least. All right, number 20, The Matrix Resurrections. Or number 19, Eternals. Yeah, boy, was I off on Um, that one. Yeah, uh, Eternals was the Marvel movie I was most looking forward to this past year, and... Not necessarily the worst one of the year, but definitely the one I was most disappointed by. Um, Yeah, it's just, you know, it's kind of messy and doesn't really come together in any satisfying way. The Matrix Resurrections is also messy, but the payoff is so much greater. Um, I, I absolutely adored it, and I've 
even already gone back to it and found new things to appreciate in it. It's not a patch on the original film. I would say it's ranked number two in terms of the overall series. Probably. Yeah, I think definitely number two, but that's also faint praise. But also, well, yes and no. I actually like the sequels. Mm. Mm. When was the last time you watched them? Uh, the second one I've seen recently-ish. Not recently enough to know much about it still, because remember, I was like, I don't remember what happens. But the third one, not in a while. I just remember the third one being terrible. They they hold up a lot better than you might expect, because I didn't like either of them when they came out. But having gone back to them multiple times in recent years, once you get over the things, because there are things that objectively don't work about them, and same was true of Resurrections, but I think there's a lot more going on under the surface than people give them credit for. Yeah, I mean, this one, Resurrections, I think, has the least wrong with it of the sequels. I mean, there's big swings that I don't think pay off. But there's less like, oh, that's just a complete misfire. Really only like the CGI, like good robot particle thing that I thought was pretty dumb. On like New Zion, like the like robot that's machine, yeah. whatever, that's just like has no point. And it was just like, oh, some of them are good now. Let's just not explore that. Um, that was stupid. But like the least amount that I can remember. There were things in the sequels that I still remember being like, Ugh, really that? But, you know. All right. Amanda? I'm going to have to go with the Eternals because there's not enough money to pay me to see another Matrix movie, frankly, so I didn't see it. Well, I'm sorry. I just... I, I, I mean, it works like out. I wasn't paying not, you anyway. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, see, there we go. But I, I do appreciate that these aren't like <laughs> 19 versus 45. Like, they're evenly matched so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... You know, on a uh, scale of like what I was anticipating, they were about equal. Yeah. Um, that's the fun of this list is like it's mostly stuff that was like sandwiched together. Well, he's and, not putting uh, like one versus a hundred. So. <laughs> no, I mean I can I'll pull up those and give you a little little tease in a minute. Oh but, boy. Uh, yeah. Uh, Steve. Uh, it's a very tough call. Um, I thought the Eternals was. So many flaws for a Marvel film, especially, and for the one that with that people were expecting so much, and to be so a uh, crucial part of the, you know, the newest phase. Uh, in in some ways, it just didn't deliver uh, on so many different ways, uh, or mm. s- different levels. Um, but the the Matrix, I just thought, and maybe I have to go watch it again. Uh, I think it was kind of. Uh, messy, high in. Uh, well, actually, both were pretty high in exposition. Uh, you know, I, I don't need to have sit down and be explained. Like, I, I would have rather read the book, I think, than watch the film. But I do, like I said, I. It's similar to uh, the, the previous Matrix. Is that I'm like, well, maybe my expectations are ruining this for me. So, for now, it is a draw. I don't, can I do a draw? If not, uh, uh, sure. If you want, yeah, it's a draw. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Worst answer uh, ever. That's fair. I'm going to go Matrix. Um, they're both like, like you said, very flawed, and I, I don't know that either fully satisfied me. But I feel like Matrix, the things that didn't work, were more understandable out of ambition. And the things that didn't work in Eternals were sometimes baffling. 
The Eternals had higher uh, expectations just with the director and everything well, yeah. going into it. Yeah. Okay, true. I, and I, I like your I, you you've changed you've swayed me. I'm gonna go with uh, the Matrix as well. There we go. That was easy. Uh, as we spoke of on one of the Eternals episodes, like just it was weird that the easy stuff was what got screwed up, and the, the hard like big swings kind of worked, but the very basic like Marvel kind of handles the action for you wasn't done as well. It was just endlessly like frustrating i think here's a an actually a pretty good one number 15 dune or number 14 spider-man no way home uh i love both of these films they both ended up in my top 10 of the year uh but dune is like dune i think we're gonna look back on as this big like sci-fi franchise starting achievement um, it's the most invigorated I've been in like a giant spectacle sci-fi film in a very long time. Uh, no way home is great. It's exactly what you would want. It's fan service in the best way possible, but I do give the edge to Dune. All right, Amanda. I have absolutely no interest in seeing any star and uh, star Trek movies as we've just uh, uh, Spider-Man movies. So, but I, I you think, got there. I think Dune really felt like, the new Mad Max Fury Road this year. It just really, really was so meticulously well done that even though mm. I could see how it's not someone's cup of tea, you just kind of have to love it. Fair. Steve? Uh, I thought both were great in their own right. Uh, Dune technically is uh, a masterpiece i just don't i don't know the the story so i'm not sure what to expect going forward or like where we really are so to me it's always going to be a half star wars what i said star wars star wars it's a similar plot oh yeah but i mean i'm just saying no my point is is that it's still a half film it did but i think it's misleading to say that I think, I think if, he's, if he goes the wrong in kinds of expectations, I think if I say, I think saying that you'll be able to pinpoint where it where Lucas was like, ooh, I like that idea. Oh yeah, more yeah. so than plot points. But still, but, it's still. But the Lucas ripped off like a million different things. We're at a half exactly. It's just another thing so. to be like, oh yeah, that. Oh god. Yeah. Um, uh, but Spider Man, um, I'm not as in love with it as everyone else is, so. I do, I, I do quite enjoy it, but still, a lot of fan service, and I'm questioning how it's going to play the second and third time. So I will go with... I'm going to go with Dune. Well, I can answer that question, because I did see Spider-Man a second time, and it plays very well the second time, so I'm actually going with Spider-Man. They're both very good. I uh, I just... I, I The MCU Spider-Man is my, are my my mcu stuff like i prefer that to any of the other characters individually so this was this was great uh maybe not as like great as homecoming to me but i i I loved it dune's really good and exceeded my expectations but um yeah it's close this is about right that they should be one off speaking of one off uh this is going to be uh maybe the closest one we've had yet especially for miles number 10 licorice pizza or number nine Ghostbusters Afterlife. So Miles picked Ghostbusters. Moving on, Amanda. I haven't seen either. Uh, hold on. Hold hold the fuck on. <laughs> I also knew Amanda hadn't seen either. So we were I, I'm sorry. You also I, just not, saw... It's not because I'm not trying to see movies, folks. I live in Ohio. It's... 
No, uh, no, no. She's fully unprepared. It's fine. Send your hate mail to, to Amanda Spears, Care of Awards Radar. It's fine. Hey. Uh, no. Uh, hey, listen. Everyone's got it. It's your turn. Everyone gets a turn in the barrel. Um, Miles just saw Licorice Pizza, so this is his excuse to talk about Licorice Pizza. Yeah, uh, literally like two days ago, I saw Licorice Pizza finally. Um, it's great. I think it's PTA's best movie since The Master. Uh, not necessarily in his upper echelon of movies, uh, but it is... It's, I mean, what it was hyped up to be. It definitely feels like a callback to the sort of Boogie Nights era. A lot in common with Punch Drunk Love, actually, I feel like, out of Ooh. everything in his filmography. Um, yeah, closest to that one. There's, there's a lot of exuberance and passion in it. It was very infectious, very funny, except for the one joke that's has no place being in the movie. You know which joke it is. It just, it doesn't add enough that it's worth defending. It just shouldn't be there. And I, I would even say it's not even that. It says there twice. How's well, it's there twice, Cooper. exactly. Bradley Cooper should be in the Best Supporting Actor conversation. His yes. biggest drawback is that uh, his screen time is pretty limited, mm. but goddamn does he make the most of it. Uh, his first scene in the movie is literally the hardest I've laughed at possibly anything I saw last year. Um, no, so, I can't yeah, wait he's, to see he's it. Great. Yeah, it's definitely worth seeing. The other two actors, um, the, the two young actors are both fantastic, I think. I don't like the ending. That's the only thing that holds it back for me. And I don't want to get into the whole litigation about the age discourse. It's, it is, it's not a problem until it is, basically. Mm. Um, but outside of that, uh, I think it's a absolutely wonderful film. And Ghostbusters Afterlife is a flaming piece of shit. So I'll go with Licorice Pizza. <laughs> you know, I have a lot of problems See? with PTA Anderson, PTA's Uh-oh. endings. So yeah, I, I could see that. Fair. I mean, his endings are usually meant in, to be a conversation starter. They're either hit or miss has... for me. And literally hit Fair. in some of them. Yeah. yeah. In some ways, it has the opposite problem of Phantom Thread, whereas that was a movie where I felt the most interesting part of the movie was right at the end. Yeah. And yeah. here, I think the ending is sort of the weakest part of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I could see yeah, that. Yeah, that, that's, that's not wrong. It's not... It, yeah, of the things that... I Like, I, I like the ending in the sense of I got a little swoon out of it, but in terms <laughs> of, like, intellectually breaking it down, it's not the, the most interesting thing to talk about, especially. Steve? Um, uh, Licorice Pizza. Uh, I adore it. And uh, Miles nailed a lot of what I would say. I did find, you know, the whole age difference thing skeevy. And, like, I didn't even watch a trailer going in. I knew it was PTA and I was going to go see it anyway. So um, that threw me off a little bit. But once I got past that and it became, got to the less problematic you know, space, um, at least temporarily, I could focus just on what was on screen. Actually, I don't really see the reason they needed the age difference to be as big as it was. It probably would have served the story a lot better, uh, and they could have narrowed it a little bit, taken down the creep factor. But still, I love the film. I walked out, and the soundtrack's spectacular. Bradley Cooper's great. Uh, Hoffman is, and Anne Hames are excellent. Um uh, there's there's a ton to love. Ghostbusters was perhaps the best theater experience I've had, especially coming out of well, temporarily coming out of uh, of COVID, and being in a room a few rows back with 
you know, a thousand, two thousand, three thousand Ghostbusters fans, uh, many yep. in full in full uh, Ghostbuster jumpsuits and and, and backpacks. Yeah. Uh, but I, I also enjoyed the too. film. I, I I had a great time, and I, you know, I went in. I was one of the first people to see it, so when I saw it, uh, I didn't have all the. There were no commercials telling you what the big uh, reveals were going to be, uh, which is which I think works for it. And I and I don't think you know I, is it perfect? No. There's a couple of swings I think uh, Reitman would have done better if he if he took some bigger swings and didn't go and, and revisit so much of Ghostbusters, not just in like fan service of. Uh, elements of the ghostbusters franchise but specifics from that first one we i think we could have mm-hmm. had a few you know add some variations to the uh to the villain i guess is what my f- issue was but i walked out uh almost in tears i loved it so but i'm still going to liquor's pizza all right i just want to make sure it's um, not known I'm, as a flaming pile issue yeah i i really want to go ghostbusters but i did actually like put licorice pizza at like number 11 or 12 on my list and ghostbusters is like 15 so i can't but if you ask me what i want to watch again it might be ghostbusters and i've seen both twice now and i don't think i need to see licorice pizza again for a long time probably until like the next pta and i like want to get back in on it ghostbusters is a good like i'll watch it when it's on cable so ever so slightly in the long run i might go that but in terms of like being honest to my list and how i feel about my like top 10 top 20 when i actually publish that um it's licorice pizza this next one will be very easy and then there's one more after that uh number seven judas and the black messiah or number five halloween kills oh Oh my god God. i was very excited for halloween kills as you could tell yeah i mean jesus christ there's apples and oranges and then there's apples and cinder blocks um (laughs) yeah uh Halloween Kills is a movie that I thought was straight down the middle, like, fine, nothing special about it when I saw it, and has only gotten worse the more I've thought about it. Um, I didn't have the highest expectations, but, you know, I know we have a dissenter among us, but after the Also, wait until you see where Halloween ends is on my 2022 list. uh, It better be lower. Um, It's lower. But, um... Yeah, after how good the 2018 one was, it was definitely a step down. Judas and the Black Messiah, I'm surprised, was even on this list because it was in the awards race for la- for the previous year. But that's I put here things there. that like uh, I put things that people haven't seen. That's so fair. like on my 22 list, I have Worst Person in the World and like one or two others like that because I know or I pleasure because I saw them and they count for this race, but like they're not going to be that release for anyone. Sure. So like last last year had had a couple of those, um, but um, yeah, yeah, like, but yeah, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah was my number one film of 2020. I absolutely love it. I think it's a masterpiece. I think Daniel Kaluuya gives like a career best performance in it and absolutely deserves his Oscar. And Lakeith Stanfield's great. Jesse Plemons is great. It's yeah, it it worked on every level for me. Mm-hmm. Amanda, Good I imagine out. you've only seen Judas. Yeah, I don't see how I don't see horror movies uh, unless they're like Jordan Peele horror movies. Frankly, I just don't Fair. see the appeal of them. Okay, no worries. But I agree uh, that, that Daniel Kaluuya gives the just a great performance in that film. Yeah, um, Steve, I'm going to save your blood pressure and assume you're going Judas. 
I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to surprise everyone. I'm going to go with uh, Judas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think uh, you, for your, yeah. for your sake, you don't need to relitigate your Halloween feelings. Yes. Uh, I will go Judas as well. I do, I do still think Halloween Kills is fine. Like, right. Like, I think Miles and I agree more than we disagree. I just think I was like, yeah, this is fine. Um, Judas is great. It, like, didn't miss my top 10 by much. And now, the number two versus number one of my list last year. Uh, does anyone, Miles, do you want to make a guess? Uh, if memory serves, Zola was your number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, I couldn't tell you. Uh, Zola versus Spiral. Oh, oh, well, that tracks. Yeah. Um, I might ha- give me a second. I'm gonna uh, check out. My Actually, ranking, I think about I think this. they're very close to each other. Yeah, think about this because uh, Amanda, you haven't seen Spiral. Did you see Zola? No. All right. Well, that was it. That was quick, Steve. Sorry, I'm <laughs> sorry. You, I, you know, I live in Ohio. I'm doing my best. Ohio getting beat down today. Uh, I yeah. did see Zola. I did not see Spiral. Fair enough. All right. I mean, Zola Zola made my top ten, and Spiral didn't. But I do think both are fantastic. Um, Spiral, you can go back to our Sora podcast where uh, Miles, uh, Kendall, and I <laughs> detailed why we liked it quite a bit. And uh, somebody tells me I didn't like part of that conversation. The... I mean, you can join; it'll be quiet. But you know, <laughs> you're welcome to be on it. Um, yeah. Spiral. Um, you know, news about potential Saw 10 coming up, which was very interesting. But yeah, Zola was everything I wanted it to be. All right. So I did track them down on my list. Uh, they're actually, there's only two spaces in between them. So they were very close. They're 25 and 28, respectively. Uh, but I do like Spiral uh, a bit more. Uh, mainly it's because I am such a diehard Saw fan. And this was mm-hmm. the shot in the arm that the series desperately needed, especially after having spent a few years being dormant after the final chapter. And then Jigsaw was kind of a whole lot of nothing. Uh, also, what yeah. was 26 and 27? I'm curious now. Uh, so 25 was Spiral, 26 was Encanto, 27 was The Green Knight, and 28 was Zola. Uh, Zola, I, I did like a lot. I think stylistically, it does a lot of interesting things, and um, I, I think the performances in it are uniformly great. I you didn't do like the think, ending, I know. I do think it suffers from comparison to its source material, just because yes. as crazy as the movie gets, some of the stuff that happened in the tweets that doesn't make it into the movie is even more interesting. And so sure. I, I think it would have probably gone up a little higher on the list if uh, if it did have some of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, Amanda, for your information, if you wanted a one versus 100, it would have been Zola versus Chaos Walking. Yep. Didn't see that one. <laughs> Why either? was Chaos Walking even on there? Because it was so delayed. I love putting it like my. OK, so here. My 100 you'll hear in a minute for the new list is always one of those. So here's what I want to do before we get to that list. Each of you give me two numbers and we'll do an extra comparison. Miles? Uh, If you pick one we already did, I'll just have you pick again. uh, Eight versus 69. Teehee. Both of them are actually on this next on 2022 list. Oh, incredible. So neither of them came out. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Eight is blonde. And 69 is the untitled Elvis project that I believe is just called Elvis. So there you go. Okay. Both one delayed by COVID, one delayed by Netflix being scared shitless about what's in the movie, apparently. I mean, I'll tell you this. Out of those, I'm way more interested in seeing Blonde than the Elvis movie. Oh, no. I I want to see the Elvis movie. Please, Jesus. Let this be Tom Hanks' next Oscar. We'll see. All right, Amanda, give me two numbers. 
22 and 44. 22 didn't come out? Okay, 24. 44 didn't come out. That's fantastic. 23 and 45. (laughs) 22 was Top Gun Maverick, and 44 was Rebel Ridge, the uh, Jeremy Sonier movie. So what did you say the other one was? Uh, Let's just do 23 and 45. Uh, 23 was Last Night in Soho, which we already did, and 45 didn't come out either. It was Barbie. They didn't even shoot it. (laughs) Then let's do 56 and 7. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We might actually have one. Seven was Judas, which we already did. Six. And 56 was In the Heights. So In the Heights would be Babylon, which didn't come out. <laughs> or In the Heights. Sensing okay. a theme. Okay, how about number All right. 11? Say which one? 11. Seven was Judas. We just did that. No, 11. Oh, 11? 11? Oh, Deep Water, which didn't come out, and who knows when it's coming out. In the Heights. I love that movie. It was really good. There you go. All right, Steve, pick one, and then we'll move on. Uh, let's go 13 and 46. Hey, we actually got one. Yes. Thir- 13 was Those Who Wish Me Dead. Thoroughly fine and forgettable. And 46 was my number one movie of the year, Red Rocket. Incredible. Because oh. <laughs> at the time, I did not know what it was. It was just the new... Sean Baker, Chris Bergash project. But yeah. Nailed it. Um, uh, yeah. Still Amazing. haven't seen either, so no thoughts. Well, one, you'll, one you'll definitely like, one I think you'll be largely sort of indifferent to. Um, before we get to the hundred, uh, Robert has a quick question for us. It's mostly a joke, but I think it's funny. Um, Robert would like to know, how badly will the tragic delay of Morbius devastate the film industry, cinema as an art form, and America in general? Uh, not at all. <laughs> I, th- I think, uh, I think there's two really funny takeaways from it or three actually that the movie doesn't exist. Uh, well, so here's the takeaways. One, they delayed it to April 1st, which I kind of hope yep. that release date stays because the jokes just write themselves. Um, two is that this movie has now been delayed more times than the new mutants, a movie that is only known for how many times it was delayed. So that's kind of funny. Yep. Um, and three, I kind of like them pushing it out of the way, presumably to avoid, you know, increases in COVID numbers. Um, because now if the movie flops, we can just blame it on Jared Leto. Yeah, exactly. Um, I thought that was a, a funny question by Robert. Um, the irony being the other question we got is a conversation between two of our writers. Uh, Benjamin Weeb asked, is Armin White ever right? And Adriano uh, Camparuso just responded, no. Yeah, I mean, well, ex- I, except for every now and then when we play the game, like, we'll find out that we agree with one of his takes and question everything we ever thought we knew. Exactly. It's, it's horrifying. Um, so here, let's let's get to the list. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to do 20 at a time until we get to, like, the good ones. Um, I'll just read 100 through 80. Tell me if any of them interest you. Like, pick one or two when we get done. So number 100 is Rifkin's Festival, the Woody Allen movie that actually is coming out in like two weeks. So now you kind of get where I was going with my hundredths. Oof. Uh, Yeah. Number 99 is Death on the Nile. Yeah. Death on the Nile. Number 98 is that Terrence Malick Jesus movie that I am going to hate, I'm sure. 97 is Netflix's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Number 96 is Super Mario, a movie I'm sure we'll all have very 
normal takes about. Number 95 is Pinocchio. 94 is Hellraiser. Wait, which Pinocchio? Didn't they just do Pinocchio? I mean, how many Pinocchios? They're always just doing Pinocchio. I think Pinocchio. they do it every well, six months. There's, there's two Pinocchios in development. There's the Robert Zemeckis one and the Guillermo del Toro one. Which one is it? I basically it? just put whichever one, get, whichever one gets the theaters this year. <laughs> well, the del Toro one is a Netflix movie, but yeah. Yeah. I cannot tell I mean, why. Actually, and I, I, th- actually, and I think the, uh, the Zemeckis one is for Disney+, Plus, so neither of them might go to theaters. Yeah. There you go. Both of them and neither of them. Um, 94 is Hellraiser. 93 is Legally Blonde 3. I thought know, they already made, made a Legally Blonde 3. They made a 2. Oh. Yeah, I thought a third one already came out. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, no, they're finally getting around to it. Uh, 92 is Borderlands. 91 is The Haunted Mansion. Number 90 is that Guy Ritchie movie, Operation Fortune, Ruse the Gurr. Uh, 89 is I Want You Back. 88 is Nitram. 87 is Peter Pan and Wendy. 86 is Morbius, a movie that definitely exists. 85 is Everything Everywhere All at Once. I'm sure uh, Miles wants to talk about that one. 84 is The Black Phone. 83 is Operation Mincemeat, which I've seen. I guess my embargo's up. Whatever. Or I broke it. Sorry. 82 is Brothers. 81 is Moonfall. And 80 is The Lost City. Okay, there's some interesting ones there. Um, I just saw the trailer for the Operation Fortune, um, which, you know, it's got like a terrible title and they definitely need to fix that before it comes out. But um, it's got a good cast and I think it looks like fun. It's got the gentleman vibes and that was a totally solid back to form sort of Guy Ritchie movie. So I'm hoping that would be more of the same. Until Um, he made Wrath of Man. Yeah. Um, everything everywhere all at once though looks phenomenal. Like that's probably the movie I'm most excited for in the, the first quarter of, uh, 2022. Um, nice. And I think Michelle Yeoh doesn't get, uh, enough sort of leading roles to show what an amazing actress she is. And here it looks like she's got like six. So that's true. Yeah. This is very much my jam. Plus it's the directors of Swiss army man, which was great. Yes. What's what's Peter Amanda and Yellen? Wendy? I know what it, I know. It's Pe- uh, Peter Pan and Wendy is David Lowry doing oh, lo- Peter oh, Pan. Jeez, well that's now I'm yeah. interested. Okay. Yeah, I, I just I, I don't Peter, like that story. Peter but Man yeah. and Wendy. Um, Fair. Maybe right. a Pinocchio. I mean, they they seem to do so many Pinocchio movies that I can't keep track of them. But yeah, yeah. why they keep doing them, I don't know why. It's like you know, maybe we yeah, yeah. give us a chance to. See one of the first fifty-five they've done. Yeah, I mean, listen, this is the bottom of the list for a reason, but I like to throw in some like potential things, like everywhere, everything, everywhere, all at once should be higher. But I kind of like something like exceeding initial expectations. Um, so here we'll do uh, seventy-nine to sixty. Uh, seventy-nine is dog. Seventy-eight is when you finish saving the world. Seventy-seven is the unbearable weight of massive talent. Seventy-six is ambulance. Seventy-five is bros. 74 is The Greatest Beer Run. 73 is Empire of Light. Next we have Men. We have Prey. The Listener. Women Talking. Duel. After Yang, which screened at Cannes last year. Scream at number 66. I thought Miles would like that. Uh, 65, Triangle of Sadness. 64, The Survivor, the Ben Foster movie I saw at Toronto last year. Uh, 63 is Kimi. 62 is Showing Up. 61 is 3,000 Years of Longing, and 60 is Black Adam. Mm-hmm. I mean, out of all those, the only one that really stuck with me was The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, which I am incredibly excited for. 
yeah. Nicolas Cage playing himself, Say No More. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not planning on watching Scream. I don't like that series. Yeah, but I thought you'd appreciate it. It was at 666, for like 666 for the horror movie. Mm. Uh, <laughs> eh, never mind. Fuck you, too. Wow. <laughs> uh, I, I kind of want to see women talking. It, it seems like it might be like an, uh, an English version of Ida, but it's got Jesse Buckley, Claire Foy, Rooney Mara, Francis McDormand. Yeah, no, so, the cast is, is great. You, you can never really... I'd like to have another movie called Men Listening, but, you know, one thing at a time. Mm. I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention. Yep, same. <laughs> I try. Um, Stevie, you uh, uh, Scream. You know, even though the uh, those TV series and anything else they put out besides Scream 4 has been utter trash, I'm hoping... You know, the fact that they're going to go back and dive back in, I- I'm willing to give it another shot because I enjoy the series, so... I don't really. Although sure. I didn't, I did see the trailer. I tried to avoid it, and uh, I saw it, and it it doesn't make me have much faith. But you know what? If it wasn't for COVID, I'd be there opening night. Yeah, we'll I mean, I was supposed to have seen this, seen it as you guys are listening to it, but I'm I'm not really into like a Manhattan adventure this week, at least. Like yeah. next week when they have a press screening, like I'll see how I feel, but. I mean, a, a little time away is probably a good idea. Unless you feel comfortable, do it. Like, I'm not going to tell people not to, but, like, judgment call. Like, observe your world around you. Like, um, as we were talking before, like, Miles saw Nightmare Alley, like, in an empty theater. That's that's a lot different than, you know, getting on the subway to go to, like, Times Square. Different world. Yeah. Uh, here, here's the next, uh, next group, 59 to 40. Havoc. Kitbag, which there was news about today. Bones and all. Elvis. There you go, Amanda. It's back. Uh, the Good Nurse. Emancipation. Uncharted. Bardo. Crimes of the Future. The Northman. Knives Out 2. White Noise. Turning Red. Asteroid City, which is the Wes Anderson movie, so too high, but whatever. Barbie. Rebel Ridge. Batgirl. The whatever they call the David O. Russell movie that I guess was shot red, white, and water and, uh, the presumed best picture front runner avatar two. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Elvis. Um, sure. Um, I think uncharted is way too high. Yes. Um, Probably. uh, I'm very excited for knives out Two. Um, I'm very excited for crimes of the future. Uh, Cronenberg getting back together with Viggo Mortensen and doing something that feels more like his older work. Plus, Kristen Stewart and Lea Seydoux sign me the fuck up. Yeah. And Emancip- at least one more that you mentioned that I was interested in, but you went too fast. Emancipation might oh, be Oh, uh, Wes Anderson, probably. No, I don't yeah. think it was that, although I am interested in that. Knives Out too. Well, I mentioned that. Uh, yeah. There's one Northman. More. Northman, that's the other one. Yeah, good-looking trailer. Yeah. Amanda? Yeah, I, I mean, Elvis, I, I want to see. I've been waiting for a while. I, I've been curious to see how Tom Hanks would play a villain. Uh, yeah. So, I, I, you know, I've, I've been looking forward to that. Also, on the same kind of breath, um, Emancipation with Will Smith, which, um, yeah. Yeah, you know, he turned down uh, oh, Django Unchained. So this time he is playing a runaway slave. So here we go yeah, with this. I'm... So it, it's interesting to see what is happening with that since we know his problems with the script for Django. Yeah, fair enough. Steve? 
Uh, it sounds you know pedestrian, but knives out too. Uh, I, I, yeah. I, I'm hoping that if he can pull it off, I, I'm hoping there's Knives Out 3 and 4, if they're anything close to what the original was. Is Chris Evans going to be right. in it? No. I don't no, think anyone's Dan- coming Daniel back. Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig, yeah. Damn it. Yeah. You, you kind of lost me. Which is what gives me yeah. faith, though, that they can pull it off, because if you keep on going into this mystery of the year type approach, yeah. I think it's better than trying to, di- to dig up old characters and make them relevant again. Yeah. If I had to pick one of these movies to watch and only one, believe it or not, I'm probably going to pick Barbie. I'm so fascinated by that movie. It's going to be something interesting. I mean, oh, Margot yeah. Robbie and Ryan Gosling, you can't really cast a better Barbie and Ken. It's credit, yeah, I'm credit, pretty credit sure I would watch right? anything that they were in. Yeah, she's going to make it, and yeah. her and Noah Baumbach wrote it. Like Everything about this suggests interesting. Good? Maybe. But like for a project I couldn't care less about, this is about the the best way to get me interested. As a feminist, I can't really support that, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, Turning Red looks really good as the new Pix- one of the new Pixar's. The other one we'll get to shortly. So I'm going to go a little slower now because we're into the, the top 40. 39 is I Want to Dance with Somebody. Is it going to do better than Respect this year in terms of like musical biopics? Well, at least there won't be a long, limited series about Whitney Houston that'll suck the life out of anyone wanting to see the movie first. So That too. Yeah. That too. Um, Apollo 10 and a half, the Richard Linklater animated film that I believe is in Netflix. Uh, I don't know if it's any good, but it sounds interesting. 37 is Tar, which is the Todd Field movie. That's really all I need, but it's Todd Field um, doing a Kate Blanchett biopic. Like, I'm in. Who knows like what it'll be, but like I'm I'm down. Uh, number thirty six is the Banshees of Inserian. I, I mispronounce it, but it's the uh Inishiri. McDonough movie. There we go. That one that one I'm very interested in, obviously. Um, I'm I'm keen on that one because he's bringing back uh, the In Bruges cast and that's still his best movie, I think, so I'm hoping it's more of that vibe. Which yeah, one is that I one? I think I agree. Again. The Banshee. Miles, you want to take the title? The Banshees of Inishirin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, 35 is a fascinating one. Next goal wins because the news was today. I think they finally got around the recasting Army Hammer for the reshoots. Oh, I didn't even know he was in it. (laughs) Yeah, that was, I think, at one point, maybe part of the problem. I don't remember exactly what. I know, like, they were just sort of, like, at a loss of what to do with it for a wee bit. And then um, I think Taika might have got something to do. But yeah, uh, Will Arnett's going to replace Army Hammer. Oh, well, that's an upgrade no matter what way you look at it. Yeah, Yeah, because Taika shot the movie in 2020, then went to go work on Thor. And I get, you know, Army Hammer turned out to be a possible cannibal. And uh, I guess they're going back to work on it. So I guess we'll see it this year at some point. Number 34 is Don't Worry Darling. I I really want to see that movie. There yeah, you go. That sounds great. I'm excited for that one. Yep. 33 is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. Yes. Yeah. I'm a little little worried that they're not going to capture the same sort of lightning in a bottle and that we'll be sort of stuck in a now franchise that's maybe not as satisfying, but hope springs eternal. 32 is The Sun. It's been off of the farther. Uh, the cast. You can't beat the cast of that one. Uh, basically having Hugh Jackman opposite Laura Dern. I'm in. Oh. 31 is, yeah, 31 is Halloween ends because I got to know how it ends. 
Yeah, till the next I, one. Yeah, I, I almost don't care how it ends at this point. <laughs> I'm fascinated. 30 is bullet train, which everybody in the world is in at this point. So I want to know what made that so interesting. Well, it's David Leach is, doing an action movie and Brad Pitt. Yeah, no, I'm very interested in that one. Yeah. And I think some of the supporting players are apparently like big st- scene stealers. Sandra Bullock. Like they're like... Um, yeah, Hiroyuki there Sonata. Was, there's a couple of big names Michael in it. Shannon. Yeah, there was someone... Yeah, there was someone who apparently um, they had, I don't know if it was a test screening or it was a, uh, like, just an industry thing, but that they were like, I think it might have been Zazie Beats, actually. They were like, oh, she steals the movie. Who knows? But that was the she's definitely capable of that. Yeah. Uh, Cat Person is 29, 28 is The Gray Man, which I wonder how much will be lost by it being a Netflix movie. I hope not. Like, I do wonder, like, if Red Notice would have been any better if it had been on and, you know, seen in with some scope. But, like, again, people involved in The Gray Man, you can't really go wrong. Well, and I know they're p- hoping to position it as a new, like, action franchise for them. So Exactly. I, I feel like they're, Red Notice, everything about that movie is very much, like, thrown together with whoever's popular at the time. This one, there's oh, it's more, craven. like, interesting people involved. So my hopes are high. It could be the next, like, Bourne thing or something similar. yeah, yeah. I think that's what they're shooting for. Yeah, Red Notice was very craven and like like a computer basically spit out that movie. That's one, that's one of those I made an AI watch 100 action movies and this is the script that gave me. Yep, and they paid Ryan Reynolds enough that I was like, uh, sure. Okay. Um, 27 is Disappointment Boulevard. Ari Aster. Very excited. 26 is Creed 3. Michael B. Jordan directing. Yeah, I think that might be good. I mean, the first the first one's great. The second one is way better than it has any right to be. Like, they're on to something. You know, right? especially if they've... There was something about the second one in the trailer when you were just, like, you were just... It just got me excited. Yeah. In a way, I wasn't the first I mean, cut one. a good... Tra- yeah, cut a good trailer goes a long way. I also think if they're phasing out Rocky, which it seems like he's not in this one, it's it's fine. Like, I think he was... Like, I thought he should have won the Oscar for Creed. I thought he was very good in Creed 2, but, like, they kind of ran out of what to do with him. Like, um, sorry, guys, I'm spoiling a five-year-old movie, if not older. You know, have him get sick but not die unless you're going to kill him in the next one. You really – you can't go to that well again. But as far as – So you really don't have a thing. Linking Creed and linking the Rocky franchises that they did in 2 was, was like, a really good idea. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm going to be a little disappointed if they don't have him fight Clubber Lang's son. Like, that's just where we're at. But <laughs> if it has even less to do with boxing, like, there's a way to do it. Like, I, I, I trust I trust the idea people from this franchise at this point. Yeah, and, and, uh, and Michael B. Jordan's done so many good movies with so many great directors. I think he he's probably learned a lot to, to confidently direct this. And if Sylvester Stallone's involved in anything, I'm sure he'll be a good mentor for him. Yeah, and I'm sure, and I think uh, Kugler is still like an exec producer, so like the support yeah. system is there. Yeah. Um, Twenty Twenty Five is a movie I think only I'm interested in, which is Jurassic World Dominion. Yep. But how the fuck yep. is it that high? Because I still I like those. I he like made that franchise. The list. That's why. Yeah. Well, yeah, but what? <laughs> oh, I, I've also heard some rumors about what's happening in that movie, and it sounds insane. Good or bad, I don't know yet. But in terms of like. Big Swings, it is a, it sounds like just Big Swings. 24 is Lightyear. Yeah, looks great. Yeah, Can't wait. Over, yeah. I mean, in terms of visuals, that movie is stunning. I don't know the plot yet. We'll see. 
Um, 23 is Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I'm not convinced it'll come out this year. I guess I'm but, rooting for you know, it. We'll see. I'm rooting for it. The, it. They've got a lot to work. I think the key is like it's going to be a letdown. And the difference is whether it's still a great movie that just isn't Black Panther or if it really does suffer. I'm hoping it doesn't. But, I mean, of any movie, like, that one may have the biggest hurdle to climb of anything on this list. Yeah, I, I think that also has the one where the audience is rooting for it enough that I think if it does Oh, they're going to get any, the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, if it does have any shaky shakiness to it, I think that there, people are going to be more forgiving with that than they would be some other of the higher, uh, more action-packed films on the list. Yeah. Um, 22 is Top Gun Maverick. Which again, sure it exists. I'm, I bet. I bet you it exists. I, you know what? I want to see Tom Cruise serious actor again, which is never going to happen. Uh, we're getting closer. We're getting closer. He's going to age out of this eventually, or he's going to die. I, I, there was a well, that too. I think he's trying to do that. There's a there's a script I'd wanted him to do, and he so um, Aaron Sorkin at one point was going to make The Politician, which was an adaptation of that tell all that the guy who worked for John Edwards wrote. And it's just like the book is trash. It's like it's a train wreck. But the idea of like Sorkin doing it yeah. could have been interesting. And I always thought Tom Cruise would be a perfect uh, John Edwards because kind of take like his version, like his politician from the Redford movie that sucked and give him Sorkin dialogue and like an actual character arc. And that could work. I actually asked Sorkin about it when I interviewed him and he didn't want to talk about it on the record. But it basically, he was like, I'll, I'll, we could do it off the record. But it was a video podcast. So it was. I just I took pity on Steve to not have to like figure that out, but he was like I just I couldn't crack the script. I think he also wanted to be like Andrew Young is a really scummy guy, and it's just hard to like adapt a scumbag's work. Yeah, yeah. But, I, I mean, I just, I, you that's, know, he used to try. That's that's the thing that I think the yeah. the saddest about this is that he used to every three or four movies try. Yeah, I mean, the last time. He hasn't been in the Oscar last... conversation for at least 10, 15 years. Yeah, no. I mean, give or take, like, oh, maybe he'll be nominated for Rock of Ages, but that wasn't, like, Yeah, that, that wasn't really serious. That was more like, maybe he'll get a Golden Globe nomination. Yeah, basically. Uh, 21 is Pleasure, which I've seen and quite enjoy, and I'm, I'm glad that when Neon puts it out this year, you guys will be able to see it unedited because it... Needs to be seen the way the filmmaker intended. Actually up for uh, a handful of Spirit Awards, which I thought was pretty cool. Highly recommend it. Uh, don't take your family. Yeah. Uh, uh, actually, Steve, take your kids. I'm curious to have that conversation with you afterwards. No, no. <laughs> I'm not interested in having the conversation afterwards. I I mean, with them I almost you? want to tell Steve, like, like off air, I want to tell Steve like three things in that movie. Just to know what his conversation would be after that. Now I want um, to hear this too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, I reckon like, the movie is legitimately very good. But part of the, the appeal of it is that it is as close to watching a porn as it can get in terms of those scenes. Because it's very matter of fact about what she goes through trying to break into the industry. So you need like those very uncomfortable scenes to understand like her point of view. There's so many, like there's so many movies that do that like girl goes to Hollywood and gets caught up in the porn world that just they don't show you anything and I don't care about the titillation but it, unless the the actor is amazing or unless the script is fantastic like you just you never connect and it becomes like generic job that they don't like and this does a very good job at showing you the good the bad the ugly like everything that involves that industry and it's it's just it's endlessly fascinating 
the people who want to wear a trench coat and watch it are going to be disappointed because it's a real movie. But the people who like are down for extreme content in a fascinating character study, I think you're going to really, really like it. All right. Time for the top 20. 20 is The Flash. Hmm. Isn't that a TV I mean, show? Ma- like, I'm sorry. It was. There I is mean, a Flash the... TV show unrelated mm-hmm. to the movie. Okay, well, yeah. you know. The Michael Keaton. Too much. Yeah, it's, it's mostly on this list as high as it is because Michael Keaton as old school Batman yeah. is fantastic. Uh, 19 is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Looks good, looks good. Sam Raimi coming back to the superhero genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 18 is The Actor. The Ryan Gosling, like he wakes up with amnesia. In Ohio. Film, I believe. Woo. Yeah, there you go. Oh, who's, I mean, who's directing that one? Wasn't it somebody pretty big? It was. Give me one second. Um, that is... What the hell is it? Um... I remember hearing it, about it coming out, and when I heard who was... Oh, I remember who it is, because I kept wanting to say Charlie Kaufman, but I knew it wasn't. It's Duke Johnson. It's his... Oh, It's fantastic. his partner in, in Anomalisa. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm super excited for that one. Yeah, no, I can't wait for that one. Um, number 17 is Thor, Love, and Thunder. Looks great. Mm-hmm. Oh, so two types yeah, of films on the list. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and I, I mean... I, I've always liked the Thor movies, so... Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm hopeful it's closer to Ragnarok than Dark World, but I imagine it will be. It's just whether this is a different direction again, which is possible. 16 is Armageddon time, because you know I love me some James Gray. 15 is a movie I think Miles would have in his top 10. Maybe Steve, I don't know. I'm not sure about Steve. Poor thing is the uh, Yorgos Lanthimos movie. Oh, yeah, that's the Emma Stone is a Frankenstein movie. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yep, Emma Stone is Mark Ruffalo's Frankenstein, I think. Or Willem Dafoe, one of the Ooh, two. That, yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's... I, it might be Willem Dafoe and, and Mark Ruffalo is like the dude she seduces. Yeah, I think that's Sign it. Me up I mean, come on, it's basically... doing a Frankenstein story and you've got Willem Dafoe and he's not playing the crazy doctor. What the fuck are you even doing? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's basically Emma Stone becomes horny Frankenstein. who learned... it's, it's basically like her character from The Favorite is a Frankenstein. And that sounds great. Well, if Yorgos Lanthimos is on a roll, it might be a good chance for William Defoe to get that Oscar he wants, or Ruffalo. I mean, either one. Yeah. Either one would work. Or I, don't know if he, I don't know if he wants it, but he damn well deserves it. That's true. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, 14, I... don't want it, but come on, they all do. Yeah. 14 is a shameless Oscar bait. Um, I don't even know if it's going to come out this year. It's Maestro, Bradley Cooper's uh, next directorial effort. Mm. Oh, the Leonard Bernstein? Yeah, him and Carrie Mulligan. Eh, yeah, could be good. I mean, I need to hear more, but like considering how uninterested I was in A Star is Born until I actually saw it, I, I will give him the benefit of the doubt this time. I think it's only fair. I agree with that. Uh, 13 is the worst person. In, yeah, of course. Uh, 13 is the worst person in the world because it's one of my favorite movies of the year, and finally people will see it. Oh, yeah, Wait, it's, it's no one's seen it. So good. it's still. I mean, it it still is not. I mean, the I, it did some sort of qualifier, but the release date is February something. Oh, okay. So. February fourth. Like it's not out for people unless you're, unless you got a uh, neon screener package. Mm-hmm. You have not seen this movie essentially. Please feel free to reach out to me festival. if you'd like me to see it neon. There you go. And thank you, Neon, uh, for sending 12. me the package. 
There you go. Uh, number 12 is Mission Impossible 7, or whatever they call it. Or the number one movie in China. Yeah. Uh, the movie that... The, the other reason Tom Cruise won't be making uh, a drama for a little bit. Seriously, that's, the, the, that's, the, they have that's to... the only reason they keep making those movies is because they play so well in other countries. It's not... They're not I mean, they're also well very... Uh, no, they're, they're not doing The last one did great. The last one actually, I think, is the most successful in the franchise since the first one. If I yeah, well, yeah, the last three have like each one has been doing better than the last, so they're on the upswing. Yeah, that that's an encouragement to keep making them. That Tom Cruise might have a career. Literally, it's literally the only reason to keep making them. Um, (laughs) We can be rich enough. So come on. I mean, you've answered your own question. Okay. Anyone who's got that much money never has enough. Welcome to America. I know. Just saying, Brad Pitt and makes a serious no. movie every now and then, too. Come on. That's true. No. Brad, Brad Pitt, Pitt has an Oscar. Stoner. Matthew McConaughey has an Oscar. All, a lot of his contemporaries so, have Oscars now. He, he should start trying again. Well, I think it's it's going to be one of those things where once he his body physically can't do it, that's when he'll yeah. return to that well and be like, okay, who are some good, who are today's big directors? Give me, give it me also, a media role. It also sounds like Tom Cruise needs to start smoking weed. Because Brad Pitt and Matthew McConaughey have Oscars. <laughs> so, let, let me just put it this way: I, I would think Adam Sandler is closer to getting an Oscar nomination than, than Tom Cruise is in the next five years. But I, I, I completely agree with you. That that, that should not be um, possible. But there eh, we are. I mean, listen, we live in a world where Jared Leto has an Oscar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, listen, I think he's very good in that movie, and I think he's great in Requiem for a Dream, but. I do struggle to find more than like maybe one other movie I've liked him in. So, you know, I retroactively like him less in his good performances as time goes on. Yeah. I mean, I think he, I think he's a good example for, I never want to hear him talk. So if he just acted, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, whatever. We don't need to be mean. Uh, Number 11. Yeah. His choices are a little on the the kooky side. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, playing Luigi yeah. was a little weird. Like, didn't he play yeah. Mario already? Like, I mean, he could, he could have waited and be cast in Super Mario Brothers. Yeah? I know. Um, number eleven is Nope. I don't know anything what? about it, yeah, but it's that? the new Jordan Peele, and it's got a great cast, so I'm on board. Yeah, I there love Jordan go. Peele. All right, okay, we're into the top ten now, and then we'll close up shop you guys can also tell me the number one of yours and if there's one that's not on the list because i'm sure i missed some stuff uh number 10 it's actually it's kind of bookended by ones that are just for me uh number 10 is deep water i, I want to watch an erotic thriller again i want to watch ben affleck and andy armerson one and i want to watch adrian line make it um, disney doesn't want me to though well right now it's looking like uh hulu is gonna put it out eventually yeah, yeah that's, it's a, not, it's that's a, the it's only a way i'll see it because frankly I'm it's a sunk kinda... cost for them at I'm just kind of over yeah. Ben Affleck, period, and and see the opposite. I've I've always liked him, and I think I like him more now than ever. I, I think, think he's an asshole fantastic. for what he said about Jennifer Garner, but well, you know. I mean, no, I, I think, think that was, was a poor choice of words. It was out of context. He, I think it's. I heard the whole interview. Is, he, it's, yeah, it's not. It's nowhere close to what the, the press made it. Yeah, out like. of context, it's bad. In context, it's still like. I Correct. think I, if I was him, I wouldn't have said that. But I understand more what he was going for. I think out of context, it was like, oh, you should probably like 
explain yourself. It, as a woman, it was more of an attack on himself for his own weaknesses, is what it was. It's he, yeah. he, he was struggling in a marriage, and he instead of fixing it or you know, thinking he couldn't fix it, he went to drink. And I'm like, he didn't blame Jennifer Gardner. So, I think out of context, it sounds like he's he's blaming. It, yeah. it's still to me, even I, I've seen both versions of it. It still to me it comes off as a douche. So sorry, I'm just. I mean, totally, totally. Different world perspectives, you know. No. Um, In any event. Yeah. In any event, that movie is a sunk cost for Disney. So, like Miles said, it's going to wind up on Hulu. and Not paying for Affleck anytime soon. (coughs) All right. Well, here's hoping he uh, gets nominated for the tender bar. We shall see. Yeah, well... (laughs) Different struggles. Uh, number nine is like brother and acting award enough. Like, come on. No. Uh, number nine is Bubble, the Judd Apatow um, making a movie in COVID movie for Netflix. Oh, Maybe. doesn't that I, have um, Mariana Baklova in the lead and like a, it, it amazing does. supporting cast? Here is the cast for Bubble, which might also be the Bubble. Um, I'm not sure. It's been labeled as both. I can fix it for easily. Um, here is the cast. Um, we've got Karen Gillan, we've got Iris Apatow, Fred Armisen, Maria Bakalova, David Duchovny, Keegan-Michael Key, Leslie Mann, Pedro Pascal, Peter Serafinowicz, Rob Delaney, um, and several other people. Yeah, that, that yeah. sounds great. Yeah, I mean, I, it's it feels like it's going to be a little bit inside baseball, but I don't care. Like, that's, I think, the upside of it being a Netflix movie. Yeah, and is, he, he could I, have another big hit uh, sometime. You yeah, know. I mean, I think, I think interestingly, after King of Staten Island went to streaming, that w- that opened the door for this of like, okay, it broke me of having to worry about box office because you know up until then he was, you know, one of the he was one of the few like names as a filmmaker for a comedy. You know, you don't usually look at who directed the comedy, mm-hmm. or at least the average person does doesn't and i think he was one of them even like if you look at i think his least successful like financial film was funny people and that was partly the budget like it still did like pretty solid for a comedy yeah and that, one, that one actually probably got the better some of the better reviews for, for uh, his it was the most divisive reviews he got the mm-hmm. most like serious reviews but yeah, the people looking for comedy were the least satisfied with that one. People like looking at it as like a film were the most interested. I, I sure. love that movie. But yeah, I, I agree. I, I do. I do recognize it wasn't for everyone. No, I I, I, um, I do agree with that. I I just think you know that that seemed more grown up than some of his other ones. But yeah, but this definitely opened the door for for Netflix to be like, well, if you don't care about box office and your your name is is this is what it is, here's all the money you want. And I mean, I I, I like that. I, I I know there were downsides to the Netflix bot sort of like acquiring all the talent in the world to work under their roof. But the idea to let, you know, do you have an idea that maybe wouldn't fly elsewhere? Let's try it. I think is objectively a good thing. Whether the movie is good or not, that always remains to be seen. And I think but I almost always want to see it. Depend on uh, atmosphere. Like if we're still all in semi-lockdown and be careful and whatever variant and there's another variant god forbid but you might not be in the mood to see something like that is the quirk it's either going to be too timely or it's going to kind of do what don't look up hasn't done which is like start the conversation about like oh my god art like taking on issues (coughs) so we'll see Um, number eight is also a netflix movie it's blonde i 
I, I am so excited to see this movie still. Like, Anna Armas is Marilyn Monroe. Andrew Dominic, I love him. Like, everything about it is up my alley. And the fact that it's, like, borderline NC-17 and, and very, like, from the female point of view and very extreme, apparently, and not commercial only makes me want to see it more. I'm, I'm not interested in the, like, traditional, like, My Week with Marilyn version of it. No, thank but you. But this, like, like, the Andrew Dominic version, 100% want to see it. Anyone else on that one? I'm just uh, I'm just happy that Ana de Armas is like blowing up. Like, yeah, I'm I'm all for more lead roles for her. Spoiler: She will be nominated for Best Actress in my initial predictions to come soon. Number seven is Killers of the Flower Moon. Scorsese so goes to Apple. Very excited. I'm uh, aren't they making a mini series about this too? Like. They were doing something else, oh, and I no, think no, also no, um, no, um, no. That's the you think of the Devil in the White City, I think. Devil in the White City. In the way, yeah, Devil in yeah. the White Sorry, City. sorry, I'm getting them confused. Yeah, which, which Leo project? Neither of them are involved in. That's all right. Well, I think they um, might. Uh, Scorsese might be an executive producer on it. Yeah, yeah. They 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 bailed from actually like making it. They're letting yeah. other people. I, I apologize. Yeah. I I'm just I was reading that before this started, and um, yeah, I'm all for like maybe you know. It looks like Brendan Fraser, we'll get to him in a little bit, but it looks like he's going to have a really good 2022. And, you know, John Lithgow's yeah. in it, so maybe he could finally get that Oscar. Oh, the cast is great. Oh, yeah. The cast is great. Uh, the premise is fascinating. Um, hopefully it's better than J. Edgar in terms of the early days of the FBI. And, uh, you know, at this point, when in doubt, trust Scorsese. And like, hey, until Tansu otherwise. Cardinal. If she, yeah. you know, if that movie really takes off, look out for her because there's never been a Lily. Native American actress nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. Lily Gladstone's in it as well. Yeah. yeah. That could be good. Yeah. And of course, uh, you know, uh, Scorsese's two major muses, DiCaprio and De Niro, finally working with him together. You can't, yeah. that, that'll, that'll give it a, a certain fascination all of its own. For sure. Um, number six. The Fablemans, Spielberg's Belfast, oh. essentially. Why not? Yeah, sure. Like I, I mean, he is to some degree hit or miss at this point in his career, but a super personal movie with Seth Rogen as his uh, uncle and Michelle Williams as his aunt, as his mom. Like I'm in. I am really and interested. Maybe in black I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, I'm really interested after we saw Steve Jobs with Seth Rogen as an actor. Yeah. Frankly, I thought he was best in show and ironically, he was the only one not nominated. So him in a Steven Spielberg movie where maybe, you know, maybe they put him in supporting. Yeah. I, I could see something like that for him. Oh yeah. He's at his best in terms of like, I like, I love him as a comedic lead, but I think he's at his best as an actor mm-hmm. when he's in a supporting role, playing off someone and, and either being higher key to someone's lower key or being lower key to someone's higher key. And someone like I would like, say 50, 50, Steve jobs. I was just going to say 50, 50. I think he's tremendous in that. And someone, yeah, like, um, and someone like Steven Spielberg knows how to hone that in in the same way. I'm trying to think who directed Steve yep. jobs. Uh, uh, it'd be, Danny, uh, Danny Boyle. Boyle. Yeah, someone else is going to know how to like contain him, but Michelle Williams is one to look out for. Oh yeah, might it's be, an across the board. Like yeah. you have to presume Oscars. Yeah, you, it might yeah. be her turn next year. You never know. It always is. Nice. Almost. 
She's been due for years. Well, yep. I've been um, saying that since she went through Fosse Verdon, she's now at that kind of same point as Julianne Moore, where, you know, it's been about three or four years. That's exactly what happened at with Julianne Moore right after Game Change four years later. The next movie she was in, she, she won an Oscar. So this could be it for Michelle Williams. Quite possibly. Um, number five is a movie that I don't know how many people have on their radar as a big Oscar movie, but I'm tempted to put as my number one in a lot of categories, mm-hmm. and it is She Said. Yep. Which, I don't, do you guys know what this is? Which one is no, that? Is Patricia Clarkson's she said is the, role. I mean, maybe. it's uh, So it's the latest film from Maria Schrader who did um, I'm Your Man, but here you go. Here's the plot. New York Times reporters Megan Twoey and Jody Cantor break one of the most important stories in a generation, a story that helped launch the Me Too movement and shatter decades of silence around the subject of sexual assault in Hollywood. This is Carrie Mulligan and Zoe Kazan taking down Harvey Weinstein. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that'll, I think that'll, I mean, it'll be interesting to see whether it hits Oscar-wise, but I think it'll definitely be one to keep an eye on. I actually have this theory. Like, I think the movie's going to be great because I love those two actresses i think the director is a solid director i think the content is like very timely i think that as long as it's halfway decent it's gonna get nominated because you're gonna have people who are gonna sort of like virtue signal by voting for it and i hope that it's also great and gets those extra votes of like people who want it and the other ones are just oh no like it's this movie somebody thinks it's good already because it's got a November 18th release. Yeah, I mean, it's got Tom Palfrey, and it's also got Andre Brower, and those are two solid actors. So it's, yep. it's always you know, nice it's, when you see those it, TV stars kind of finally make a big move into film. Yep, Universal's putting it out, but the uh, the other two production companies on this are Annapurna and Plan B. So that is a very good sign. Oh, yeah. Very good sign. Yep. Number four, The Whale. Yes. Brendan Fraser's so comeback yeah. here, folks. He is going to be my year in advance winner. It's weird because he's also one of those actors who we talk about Tom Cruise. He did all those kind of action adventure movies. And now he's kind of going back to um, more serious fare. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've talked about this movie for a while because I also was sort of uh, thinking that it might sneak out this year. Like, turns out it was a good idea not to. It wasn't like there wasn't really a missing spot for it. But I, I do think that the uh, the potential for this one is huge. Because, Miles, I believe you saw the play, right? Yeah, I've seen the play. And let me tell you, there's – and it's Aronofsky doing it. It looks like he'll be in a very similar vibe to The Wrestler. Um, I think there is 100% the potential here for a Best Actor nomination and win, especially because I think a lot of people are very behind the renaissance, so to speak, of uh, Frazier coming back in a big way. Um, supporting actress uh, potential for whoever's playing his daughter. Yeah, I think this one, if it's executed to the level that the play is at, could be huge. Yeah, and he's one of the few Um, men that spoke out in the Me Too moment about uh, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, If uh, if I'm correct, the uh, daughter in the movie is Sadie Sink. Oh, fabulous. Yeah. Um, Most recently seen in uh, the Taylor Swift video All Too Well. That that wasn't right. going to be my reference point, but go ahead. I haven't I mean, seen either, but thank you for that. Yeah, I don't think Kendall's listening, but she would be she would appreciate that. Casey oh, too. Um, here things. There you go. I don't know. Top three. Number three. 
Babylon. Of course. Damien yeah. Chazelle. Yeah, like like sight unseen. This is the other like. Like how, I gotta how can imagine. you not have this one like pretty high up? We'll see. Yeah, I mean, well, we said the same thing about First Man. I still yeah. love that movie, but mind you, that one did. Well, no, didn't but work. as as a sight unseen prospect with all the people involved in it, yeah, it's it's already a very attractive proposition. Also, it's coming out on Christmas. Like they think it's going to make money too. Yeah, and then you yeah. know it's it's got Jean Smart in the middle of her career resurgence, so. Yeah. Oh, the cast is great. Oh, yeah. Everything about this suggests greatness. So we'll see. Um, and now number two. Um, just a spoiler alert. Number one is is just for me because it's my <laughs> list. I own the damn site. Uh, but number two is the Batman. Woo! Yeah, every trailer makes me want to see it more. Yeah, this, this looks like... If it's as good as the trailers are making it look, this could be my favorite live-action Batman. Yeah. I mean... And I and I I still I still think Nolan I still think I think Christopher Nolan's a better filmmaker than Matt Reeves, but I oddly think that Matt Reeves has like it looks like looked at every Batman movie and kind of like cherry picked everything that he likes from them and jettisoned what he doesn't, and that could be the secret sauce. Yeah, so I think Nolan, well, and I think he might be more because I think Nolan still has that prestige element to him. Yeah, Nolan of, jettisoned as much as possible and made his own movie, which was great. Because Reeves but, is, it, it's that nice balance where it's still very clearly grounded and taking place in the real world, but there's still a certain stylistic, not quite fantastical, but definitely it feels like a comic book. It looks like a comic book, but like not like, you know, a fantasy comic book like The Long Halloween. Yeah, I think it's closer to like, so I remember notably Nolan telling David Goyer, like, I don't want the gauntlets on Batman. And he's like, well, you got it. It's Batman. He's got it. So he went, well, you better damn well figure out what they do. Like, they can't just be cool. Like, that was that was no one. Batman, but if real. And I think uh, Reeves is going, Batman, but what if seven? You know, like, yeah, what if, like, much. other movies that I like? Which I think is a really interesting way to do it. Now, obviously, it'll they'll be, like things we don't like about it because of course there will be it's still a batman movie and it's going to be studio noted and all the little things that'll ding it but i i think that there is not awards potential here minus you know the tech stuff I in like terms the of like pairing of paul dano and robert pottinson i'm curious enough with just those two being in the yes. mix to see what they do because they've just they're around the same age but they went like in the opposite directions and now they're kind of crossing so i'm really interested to see where we are with yeah, those two. I, I love, I love the casting of Paul Dano. I think that's phenomenal casting. Pattinson, I think, is a really good actor. I did wonder like how he would look in it. He seems fine. He looks and sounds like Batman. Like the the slightly emo Bruce Wayne thing. I'm sure will play better in context. But that's like mm-hmm. the one thing that I I wasn't like super into in the trailers. But is you know I don't I don't think a Bruce Wayne necessarily makes or breaks a Batman movie. Ow. But. I mean, there hasn't been a Batman movie yet that has really, like, gone full on on Bruce Wayne. I mean, the, is... the Nolan ones have come the closest, but I, I agree that, like, 70% of the Batman films, like, you care about the villain more than you care about Batman. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the only one... more an interesting character always. They're a little bit... Yeah. Well, I mean, they all... I mean, Bruce Wayne has sort of had the same arc through every iteration. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes they go heavier on the trauma and sometimes they don't. But they all are kind of different... St- st- you know, like remixes of the same thing, and this is doing that again. 
but interest I, the one thing that i think is interesting is i'm leaning so hard into the like the like vengeance and grief kind of thing that we were i think honestly tired of by now mm-hmm. but i think pattinson at least is the most capable of doing something with that i think you need to do something with it i think on the page you're never going to find another take like we all know it by now and that's that's where this is interesting like we all know the idea of batman we all know the idea of these characters and what they're up to so it's like what can you do that's different with that and matt reeves is a good choice to direct and pattinson's a great actor like like we said, Paul Dano's great. Having Zoe Kravitz, like everyone in the movie, seems cast because they're a good actor and will fit the part, as opposed to like this is the this is a big name at the moment we can get them, or the director has yeah, worked with them. Like, of, it fits. It's, it's kind of a cast of character actors, which mm-hmm. has me yeah. very excited. Yeah, that's oh, that's yeah, a good like, point. Like it's, it, it, when you look down the line, and you've got Jeffrey Wright as James Gordon and Andy Serkis and Peter Skarsgård and Colin Farrell. It's just a solid cast. Yeah, I mean, there is ample you. reason to be excited here. Yeah. My only yep. concern is Colin um, Farrell in, in the uh, prosthetics. I, I prefer to see my actors. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's a that's a thing I think in context we'll know whether or not it works. But I trust him a little bit in that I think it's been a while, and maybe I'm forgetting something, but it's been a while since he's made a movie that even if you didn't like it, you weren't like, that was a swing. And I'm always down for that. Yeah, I mean, he was in a lot of prosthetics for Horrible Bosses, but you still kind of knew it with him. Yeah, <laughs> horrible blessing. Um, and so here's the thing. We're going to wrap up now as I will get into my number one. Say where you can be followed and tell me what your number one of the year is. And then I'll wrap up with mine. So, Miles, do your thing. Uh, so you can find me on both Twitter and Letterboxd at Miles on Film. That's M-Y-L-E-S on Film. Please check out my short films, American Exorcist and Once Upon a Dracula. They are both on YouTube under Aftershock Pictures and Chase Capo, respectively. Um, I don't know that I could tell you what my number one is of the year. Maybe like Crimes of the Future or something like that. But mm-hmm. um, I will go ahead and throw out one that I didn't hear you list. Maybe you did in the in the towards the back half. But uh, the killer, David Fincher's new film with Michael Fassbender, I think has a lot I of didn't, potential. Ooh. Just because it's Fincher, and I uh, don't think it'll come out this year. Okay. Well, we will see. I mean, he is not known to be a quick filmer. Well, that's definitely true. Sometimes. We get I mean, to get if it comes together. out, I'm in. But yeah, the Batman, Crimes of the Future. All three of the MCU films coming out this year. Yeah, there's there's plenty to look forward to. Yeah. I'm actually curious. I'm, I'm looking it up just to see if, like, anyone even knows, like, filming dates and stuff. All right. Amanda, give me one. Um, I'm going to go with Killers of the Flower Moon because I'm still rooting for Thelma Schoonmaker to win that fourth Oscar. I want him to do what all the men mm. can't do, haven't been able to do yet. Assuming Spielberg's editor doesn't win next year, win this year, so four-time Oscar mm. winner for film editing, she would be the first person in history to do it. True. Awesome. And you can find me um, on Miles- at Miss Amanda Spears. I'm so sorry. I forgot. But, there you go. Um, Miles, apparently, um, it went into production on November 1st, uh, even though it was supposed to go into September. Uh, production is supposed to wrap March 21st, so who knows? <laughs> um but yeah so he, he could get it in by the end of the year it depends I, it's a netflix movie i'm pretty sure yes i think uh the two things to look at are is it done 
And then what does Netflix think about like awards prospects? Yeah, they might hold it if they think they've got a winner. Yeah, I I also feel like this is, and and you know, there's some there's some Netflix related things to work out here, but I feel like Can Twenty Three. Ooh, is where this would be make sense because like he had didn't uh, because Zodiac went there. Like I feel like he has a working relationship with with there. And if there was ever a film to like get them to like just leave Netflix alone when it comes to putting stuff out, it might be this one. Could be, could be. Yeah. All right, Steve. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at FilmSnork. Uh, you can also listen to my other podcast, The Verse, where we just covered the year in the verse, our uh, best, worst, and most biggest disappointments, things like that uh, this week. Fun stuff. That's uh, That can be found on Amazon, Spotify, a- Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, so on and so forth. Um, as for films, there's quite a few. I was actually impressed with the list and how many films I really can't wait to see. Uh, Peter and Pan and Wendy, Blonde, Babylon, Poor Things, The Whale are all up there. But the uh, I think the number one right now might be Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Uh, nice. That's, uh, what about that's Hustle? Nice. Is that coming out in 2022? Which one? Hustle. Um, that's the Adam Sandler basketball movie. I thought that... Yeah, yeah. I don't know that it's started yet. Okay. I mean, that is one that I, I definitely am very fascinated to see. Because it but, sounds like a um, really good movie. I mean, mm. yeah. I, the problem with Netflix is you never know what's up with them. No, no, it's not. But yeah, Netflix, like it's, it's supposedly. Amazon. I think it's Amazon. Mm. I know is it started Amazon? filming. Like, I don't like. It apparently, supposedly filmed in 2020. No, it's Netflix. Yeah. He's oh, it is. Uh, okay, sorry. Yeah, and and I I do I'm just curious because it is sort of like a mix between his kind of movie. It's a Happy Madison, but it seems like it's going to be a little bit better than the average. Um, it so looks I, I'm sure it'll really just drop good though. I mean, it's point. got Robert Duvall in it, so it's just uh... yeah. I mean, I mean, one of his had had uh, Pacino, so like it doesn't well, preclude. Yeah, but no, yeah. I'm I'm in. Trust me, preaching to the choir. Jeremy you can Zagar. Find me at, Jeremiah Zagar. Yeah. Yeah. There there is reason to be optimistic. But I do wonder like how much more it I mean Ben Foster's in it too. Like I do wonder how much of it is gonna be just maybe a slightly elevated Happy Madison. But if it's not, great. I mean um, you can find me at Joey Maggotson, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, all that stuff. Awards Radar is on several of those things. And uh, yeah, I think most people knew what my number one was gonna be. Clerks three. Because I'm me, and I own a website, so I get to do shit like this. So, enjoy. Um, in terms of what you guys like, everyone's welcome to have their stuff, and this is just meant to sort of kick off the year. And, uh, you know, a year from now when we do the podcast on 23, presuming we're here <laughs> and alive, um, we'll look back on this list and we'll have a, have a laugh about that one. But uh, I would uh, bet good money that I will be telling you guys that I like that movie quite a bit. We shall see, though. Um, for now, we'll be back next week, and we'll be starting to look back at the the award season again because uh, the Golden Globes will have happened, which if the Golden Globes happen and no one's there, did they matter? Well, the answer's no. I don't know, but, you know, they happen when the writer strikes. Oh, no, they so. don't. Yeah. I mean, they don't, but this one won. They're not, they're not even televised, let alone televised with a press conference, and two, the spell's been broken. 
So I don't think they're going to matter at all. I mean, maybe maybe someone will care, but I mean, there's no one attending. There's nothing going on. Like, I don't necessarily think that my organization suddenly is more influential, but I, I certainly think that the Golden Globe spell has been at least largely broken. But we can discuss that more next week. So we'll be back to talk about that then. In the meantime, stay safe. Get your get your vaccine. Get your booster. And uh, you know, be smart. So we'll leave you on that one and. Uh, See you at the movies, guys. Bye, y'all. Bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and to visit awardsradar.com for the best in awards and entertainment content.